Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to part two of Hardcore Listing Podcast with myself, Stu Whiffin, and my colleague, CGT, Chrissy Goldtouch. Oh, wow, I've not used that one, have back, yet today? Throwback, um, Yes, I mean... Eddie Temple Morris is the guest. You've listened to part one, so you know that Eddie is no joke. And uh, I'm, I'm, what, a, what a top lad. What a great chat. Um, let's just get on with it. Yeah, shout out to our sponsors, Love Beer and Bam Boom Creative, and our homies, 76 Producer and Bradley Acton, Sex Machine. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. So um, you you want you want another uh, another in my in my top five. So uh, I'm I'm going to set the scene for you. It is I'm uh, I was in Istanbul, which was one of uh, a, f- a few places that was ruined for me uh, by the aforementioned Sarah, who might be listening to this. Sorry, Sarah, <laughs> uh, but um, the angriest girlfriend I've ever had ruined several places. And one of the places that she ruined was, was Amsterdam. But but she but she did. She did. She was. That would have she, been a much better top five. Sorry, not Amsterdam. To, to, not Amsterdam. Uh, to, uh, what was I? What was I saying? Um, uh, uh, Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah. Istanbul is absolutely amazing, and 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 I will forever be in in, in Sarah's date debt for for um, like uh, she uh, engineered us to be to go to this restaurant. She was very good at finding you know cool restaurants, and she she took us to this very cool part of 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 the town to the boho area of Istanbul. And we were on our way to this incredibly cool restaurant, got there, and it was shut. And, but on the way there, I had noticed, and I stopped to see a menu, because I'm always drawn to menus, and, I, and, I, and it was a, a vegan slow food restaurant called Saf, S-A-F. And I looked at the menu, and I was like, wow, God, this is... I was instantly suspicious of it, because I'm slightly suspicious of vegan f- food and vegan cooks, I was at that time, because most vegan food tasted at that point like like napkins, or (laughs) like you just, you know, completely tasteless and, 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 you know, like you were eating, you know, the the tableware. No flavor. And uh, so we, we, obviously the the restaurant we were heading to was shut. And I said, well, can we, should we go back to that interesting looking vegan place? She was suspicious too, but open-minded real foodie, and so we went to this place, and it completely changed the way that I think about food, and it's a San Francisco restaurant that then opened up its second, and so it's slow food, and, and the, the whole thing about this food movement is cooking food at low temperature so that you don't interfere with the molecules of, of it too much, and uh, so it's, it's almost raw, or you cook it at low temperature for a long time rather than fast and hard. Okay. And so in their view, it keeps a lot of the flavor in. Of course, what you're missing is the Maillard effect, which is the burning of stuff, which you get, you know, that's why a steak tastes so great. That's why char grilling tastes so great. It's that. It's, it's called the Maillard, the Maillard reaction. Um, so this is a whole different way of getting flavor from food. So I, I remember what I ordered. Like, and it's, this, is, this is 10 years ago, and I still remember. So I ordered um, cashew nut hummus as my starter. Uh, and it came with this bread that was like, 
uh, this thing called Essene bread, which is like a biblical bread that like Jesus would have eaten. It's right. really it's unleavened, very like you just think oh, I eat a few mouthfuls of this and I'll be regular on the toilet <laughs> for the next week. And they had somehow flattened it to like a like a poppadom thinness. And it was so thin, it was like a fairy wing from like a gossamer wing. All I'd do is touch the middle of it and it just went and shattered like a piece of really thin glass. And then I picked up the, 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 you know, the, the, the hummus with it and it was absolutely delicious. And Sarah had uh, uh, beetroot ravioli. And it blew my mind because there was no pasta in it. The pasta was the beetroot. They'd mandolined really thinly sliced beetroot, mandolin, and then as, as the pasta, and then they put a beetroot puree with some white truffle and some shallot oil and some, it was absolutely oh. incredible. So the pasta had no pasta. The beetroot was the pasta. And, and it just made me change my, it just changed my view of, oh my God, this vegan cooking, this slow food, and there was so much flavor. It was absolutely incredible. And I had ordered a cauliflower risotto as my main course, thinking, of course, that I was going to get a normal risotto. Mm -hmm. But having had the, this incredible beetroot ravioli, I just thought, oh, my God, the risotto is not going to have any rice in it. <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is 10 years ago, way yeah. before. The, now you get, like risotto, you get yeah. cauliflower rice in Sainsbury's. It's a thing now. But this, is, this was way ahead of the curve. Like, and, what they, what, and, and as... I predicted the risotto came to the table and there was no rice in it. It had used two different kinds of cauliflower cooked three different ways. So the rice nuggets were that, I think it's, is it called a romesco cauliflower? The, that was really beautiful looking Italian kind of pointy yeah, cauliflower. Yeah, great. That, yeah, it's got a fantastic geometry to it. Yes, it? lovely geometry. It's very triangular and, and, and colourful too. And the, the, the nodules of cauliflower are just like rice. Right. Just like arborio rice that you make risotto from so they cooked those really slow at a low temperature so it still had a little bit of kind of al dente to it and then they uh they slow cooked the normal cauliflower that we know and love from cauliflower cheese or whatever and they pureed that with white truffle to give it some richness i only know this because I, I was so enthusiastic i got i got the waiter to come and, and answer all this, these questions and then eventually they they were exhausted and got the chef to come out and talk to me that this happens a lot in restaurants i am the most annoying or if you like feedback, then I'm, I'm not annoying at, yeah. at all. I, I, love, I love giving feedback and I love enthusing. And, 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 uh, and, all, and I, I often get the, the, the sous chef or the chef coming out just to, to answer the questions. So, yeah, he told me that how, how, they, how they made it. And it just, it was absolutely mind-blowing. It completely changed my view about vegetarian food, about vegan food, about the fact that it's, you know, up to that point, I thought it was really hard to get flavor out of vegetables. Yeah. And, and, and through the 70s and 80s, even some part of the 90s before food culture really took hold in this country, it was really hard to get food out of, to get flavor out of vegetable, vegetarian food. And you'd uh, go to all those like veggie restaurants and vegan restaurants, and it was, it was pretty piss poor. Yeah, eating dust. I, re I remember um, one of my flatmates moving in with him, and he was a vegetarian. I was kind of like, I wonder what he's going to ever whip up. And when I started eating his cuisine that mm. was vegetarian, I was like, you can survive and flourish on amazingly tasting food. Yeah. And up until, and that you can be full on it as well. Because yeah. up and for, for, for years and years, especially in my teens, the idea of eating a salad as a, as a main meal just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So I think when you have that moment when you eat something, you're like, I'm full up. That was just full of flavor as yeah. well. Yeah. And, um, it's really healthy for me. It's kind of a bit of a mind bender, it, isn't it? It was it was mind blowing on so many levels. I've I've forgotten something on which which was on the side of that plate with the risotto, which was shiitake tempura. Mm. And if you're thinking, well, how the hell do you do tempura right. at low temperature in a dehydrator? Wow. So they 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 did tempura in a dehydrator, and it was the crunchiest tempura I've ever had in my life, and it hadn't gone anywhere near any oil. And it was the creamiest risotto that I've ever had. And well, actually, risotto should ha shouldn't have any cream in it. But it, it like it 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 had no butter. You know, all, almost every risotto will be finished with every risotto will be finished with a big, huge knob of butter, and um, and uh, like a, a huge amount of parmesan. It had none of those things in it, and it was still slightly cheesy, and it was incredibly creamy and unctuous and delicious, and it had just exactly the right consistency for me. Again, like with, with a pizza, it has to be a reptile. A risotto has to move. 
If the risotto is still on the plate, it's no good for me. It's got to move like lava, like really slowly when, I, when it comes onto the plate. If it stays like a big stodgy British risotto, no good. It's got to just move really slowly, like almost tectonically. <laughs> That's brilliant. I, I love the fact. I wonder if we're going to encounter this again. You're like a... The, the movement of food, the physics of food <laughs> or in, in the future, future dishes. Have yeah. You, have you, have you what, what's been your moment? Have you ever had a, like, a vegan or a vegetarian moment, Stu, where you was like, oh my, that's now changed my opinion of it? Or was you, have you well, always been? Well, I was a vegetarian been? for eight years. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and back then, it was, you know, that was quite a few years ago now. It, it, obviously, vegetarianism and veganism is much, much more mainstream now mm. it's in it's the biggest you know, growth thing in food yeah, veganism yeah um was, me and my wife were literally discussing it at the weekend like whether we could do it again and uh i've, I've never been a vegan but um i think it could be tough uh you know but um to, to be a vegetarian it was i didn't didn't really pine for it and uh but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I didn't really ever eat anything as a, as a vegetarian that I remember just thinking because I didn't have any money then. Okay. I, was, I was young and you know, literally living off sh piss poor riders and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. didn't you know grabbing a it was literally an egg mayo sandwich and uh, and, and that was it. Um, but obviously, as you, you get older and you know you, you suddenly got a little bit more disposable income, you can start to eat in, in nicer places, but. I've always sort of eaten meat in them places. So. The vegetarian vegan skill sets of making food and preparing food are so much better now. Everyone knows tips and tricks on how to make that tasty. Mm. So yeah, you did. You, you you put in eight years of hard work then, mm. basically, compared to nowadays when you've got you know YouTube, you can find the, the amazing ideas for recipes for yeah. vegan. So I I do most of my shopping now is vegan. I eat meat. I'm not saying I don't eat meat. I've just my policy is cut down on it. Yeah, that's, and that's so. sustainable. That's the thing. And we yeah. all need to do that. We it really, really do need to do white, that. Has yeah. it? You can just eat less. Yeah, it, yeah you know? absolutely. Or, you know, you, you asked me if I was a vegetarian, and I said, no, I'm a rampant omnivore. Yeah. I, I am, a, I am a, a rampant omnivore, but the I do have a rule. The reason I said that, Eddie, was so many of the pictures that you put up when I was watching what you yeah. were eating was vegetarian food. Well, I, yeah, I do. I mean, because I, I, I don't shy away from it. And yeah. now I know that how much flavor you can get from it. You know, I mean, one of my favorite pasta dishes in the world has only got two ingredients. Well, three, if you count a knob of garlic in there. It's just cavolo nero and new seasons olive oil. That's it. You just boil cavolo nero, puree it with new seasons olive oil. It has to be new seasons olive oil. So you can only do this between October and January when it's around. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, 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 when, and when you've boiled it, you've, you've put in a, a, a one clove of garlic and that's it. And you puree that and it's like the greenest. It's like tr Amazonian tree frog green. But but um, but I was I was going to say I have rules with with food. I'm not a vegetarian, but I only eat what I would do. So mm -hmm. like if I eat uh, meat once in the day, I will will not eat meat another time in the day. And I have vegetarian days. And sometimes I have a vegetarian week, but I often have vegetarian days. And uh, I I only put in my mouth what I am prepared to do. So I own what I'm eating, and I take that to the level of Okay, I, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I would kill about. I, I would sure. kill a cow. Yeah. I, w I, I would raise it humanely and look after it and feed it well, and then I would send it to an abattoir to be humanely killed. But if it came to it, if a thing like an abattoir didn't exist, I would, as humanely as I could, kill that cow mm -hmm. so that I could have some meat, mm -hmm. you know, some some beef. And I, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I would do that with a pig too. I'd be really unhappy about doing it with ducks. I've got this funny thing about ducks. So I, so I, I don't eat, I hardly ever eat ducks. I, 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 I would think, to, I say to myself, okay, I'd shoot a, a brace of duck a year because they, 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 um, they marry ducks, don't they? They, they, they pair for life. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I, you know, I, would, I, would, I, would sh I would shoot a pair of ducks and that, that allows me to have a little bit of crispy duck every, every once in a blue moon. <laughs> I don't even eat two ducks worth, but just in my mind, you know. I, I, for example, would not 
put a, a baby calf in a crate and never let it see the, the, the light of day. Of so I don't eat veal. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't force feed a goose until its liver goes into shock. So I wouldn't eat foie gras, yeah. and I never do. You know, the, the, I have I have rules. I have I have rules and regulations about it. And it's I think it's a, it's about ownership. It, it annoys me how people can just sort of the disassociate same, themselves. Definitely, I'm much the same. I would also I always wonder. Will I take that to that step? Will I actually go and at some point kill an animal just to just to own it and just to be part of that process? Because otherwise, I'm not fully, you know, we're so far detached from it now. Yeah, aren't then you're we? fully engaged. That's living you the know? dream for and me. And it's not because I, I'm not because I'm a sadist. You know, I don't want to go just killing animals, but to know that I'm not a hypocrite, to know yeah, that I can do it and and bear really what is uh, to be grateful for its life yeah take that's it, it and also you, to you know bear the responsibility of it yes absolutely and you honour you honour yeah. that animal you know just buying a, a, a bit of meat in Sainsbury's and then and then sticking it and, and just going oh no I couldn't I couldn't I, I don't want to do that I can, I'm quite happy to buy it in Sainsbury's and that's what most people are like that's that's where we are with consum- it, consum- yeah, consumerism yeah 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 that's yeah. terrible and for, for me that's you know what, what you're talking about about killing an animal in, in, a, in a situation of rearing and killing on a farm in a humane and positive way that for me is living the dream I want to live somewhere where I have a garden where I can grow my vegetables where I can have a bit of li- have some livestock and I can you know I can feed chickens mm-hmm. and I can have fresh eggs and every now and again I can kill a chicken and have a nice roast chicken mm-hmm. I've got no problem with that yeah Chickens are evil, evil little buggers. I've got no problem killing them. <laughs> I, the, the problems that I would have would be, you know, pigs. Uh, pigs especially. There's something really lovely about pig. They're, I I think they're to, so close to us. I used to <laughs> shoot a lot as Very a kid. Like my dad used to take me shooting. It's strays though, and, uh, wasn't it? Like cats and dogs. And, uh, no, vagrant. Vagrant. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> no, we used to, um, we used to uh, go to, to, to farmer's land go on there and um, we'd shoot pigeons and rabbits and eat them. Yeah, that's it. I wouldn't it. shoot it and leave it. Leave it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. yeah absolutely. And we'd get home and, we'd, you know, I was, I was quite young. This was the pre-vegetarian yeah. years. And, uh, and yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd pluck it. And, yeah, and that's it. And, I, I, and I've, I've done the same. I've lived on a farm in Herefordshire, very rural. It was covered in rabbits. I said to the farmer that I rented the, the place off. Do you, you know what I mean? Is it okay to shoot the rabbits? Do you need all of them? And, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, please shoot them. They're yeah. little bastards and yeah. they nick everything. There's so many of them. So if you can shoot some, I, it, I would consider it a personal favour. Um, so, and, and, uh, and so I did. I, I shot them and I, and I skinned them and I ate them. And mm. they were absolutely delicious. Mm. <laughs> I was eating technically vermin and I had no problem with that. Yeah, at all. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And pigeon is delicious. Yeah, pigeon is, is lovely. Oh, I, no, yeah. I have had it. I have had it. I, I, I think when it was served to me, it wasn't particularly... did hmm. set me set yeah. my world on fire. Yeah. But, yeah. It's not nice every now and again when you just take a bite and there's a little bit of clay shot still in it. And it gets in <laughs> your teeth. So, uh, so should, should, we, should we move on to number three? Yes, I, th- let's I do think it. Let's and, and yeah. th- So, number three has to start with a question to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this, 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 this is something, again, that I've really thought deeply about, which is if you had to eat... One food, one type of food for the rest of your life. So one cuisine, if you like. It's a cuisine. A so it, it has no, no, a variety a dish. within it. So, yeah. so Italian, French, oh, okay. barbecue, okay. whatever. Like, so a, a body of food, a body of work. I've got it. You know, so, yeah. what would it be, you know, so what would it be? Let's say it would be like Thai or Chinese or whatever it is, or, or Indian. But for the rest of your life, only one cuisine of one type of food, what would it be? Turkish. It would be Turkish, Turkish for you. Yeah. Why would it be Turkish for you? Um, because I've only recently discovered it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I had it Saturday night. Um, and I like the way they cook their meat. I like bread. I like salad. And You've only just recently discovered Turkish. But you, you're sure of a mess. You must have been eating kebabs all oh, your life. Yeah, I've had a, the drunken donners <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> like, but um, but there's, a, there's a really nice Turkish restaurant where I live now. And, uh, and it's got me way past the kind of... My idea that it was just a, a sweaty kebab mm, on the way yeah. from a club, and the food's just absolutely delicious. So you've discovered the meze. Absolutely, oh, God. absolutely. Yeah. So you discovered that you, you can actually eat very well as a veg- as a vegetarian Completely. in Turkey. Yeah, delicious and that, food. And that vegan food was in Istanbul. Mm. You know, in the most most meaty city in the world. Yeah. It's just meat everywhere. <laughs> so Chris, what about you? So you so knew my, straight away. My, mine, mine would be other than Nando's. Mine would actually be. Um, when I was in Vietnam and I was just eating, there's a place called Monet, which is on the coast. It's mm. a l- large coastline. It's very popular for things like kite surfing because of the, the waves and yeah. the wind, how it all works out there. And um, well, I stayed there for about 
uh, on this tour of Vietnam. I think I stayed there for about four four days, predominantly because I just couldn't get enough of mm. what I was eating out there. Yeah, which was Nando. <laughs> so it was. It was. It's just. It's just. Think. It's just seafood that's been wrapped in tin foil yeah. with um, a simple season of say but, um, salt and pepper and maybe some some form of chili wrapped slung on a barbecue cooked something like red snapper yeah i can't begin to tell you how beautiful that tastes so simple yeah it's so simple itself. it yeah. is so simple but it, it i can't you, you were saying that about the pasta earlier you don't need lots of ingredients to make something absolutely fantastic and the more and more you move away from processed food like I, I grew up in the 90s stuffed for like processed food but the more you move away from that the more you eat more naturally all those flavors just come flying out anyway and um it's healthy and yeah i just can't you, I, even now it if i was to set up sort of like a restaurant over here i would love to be able to put something like that on but whether or not we've got the access to the plentiful flesh fish that you can get in uh vietnam i, I don't know kingsland road mate that's where you need to be kingsland there's road. loads of vietnamese yeah. restaurants that are really? there and one of them uh the one that's opposite rinse fm specializes in seafood really so yeah that would be a destination it's, and it's pretty cheap too you it's like a, mate, a that's yeah. a um i can't remember what it's called but if you look up where rinse at rinse fm literally opposite rinse because I only know this because yeah. I researched this today because I'm going on rinse soon to, oh, yeah. to talk about trailblazers with oh, Nick and, wow. and he, was, he said let's have a let's have a you know let's have something to eat beforehand you're the foodie you 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 think about it so I just I looked at rinse researched it and there's a and there's it's on Kingsland Road so many Vietnamese there's a real Vietnamese tight Vietnamese community there so I you promise you dude I will be there within about three weeks that will be a, that will be a visit <laughs> for me. so so Sorry, my if one three your 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 Go to because is this your one? Your so, number so, your so, desert island. So dish. yeah. So 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 the, the the my number three would be uh, it's Sardinia. So I went to Sardinia and uh, on a little holiday, and I ended up going to a this thing called an agriturismo, which is a working farm kitchen. It's just a working farm. And so you, you go there in your cab or whatever, and you, you're looking at all of these squash that are growing up on the ground. You're seeing like livestock wandering around and, and, and trees, olive trees and lemon trees and orange trees and stuff. And you're thinking, oh my God, yeah, that's all going to be on the plate. And, you, and, and, and that's what it is. You, we arrived there, and it was just like a lean to on the side of a farmhouse. There's no menu, they just ask you one question Rosso or Bianco? Okay, I can deal with that. That's yeah. red or white. Red, please. So then they bring you a jug, a pitcher, a terracotta jug of red wine. And they made that red wine. I saw the vines, you know. So it's, everything's homemade. There's, it, talk about farm to plate. And there are three Michelin-style restaurants now, you know, that, that, that you, you will see on Netflix, Chef's Table. Fantastic series about food that are all about that. It's just, it's about, talk, not talk about talking about food miles, talk about food inches just from the garden to the plate. And you know, you, you know, you're, you're, you're country boys, aren't you? You know that, that, that anything that's plucked off, a, off out of your mum's garden or your garden or whatever tastes a million times better than anything that you would ever get at the yeah. fruit and veg store or in Sainsbury's or whatever. So we, we got there and there's no menu. They just ask you that one question and then they bring you course after course after course and I was just surrounded by Italian families it was a Sunday afternoon and just basically spent the whole of that Sunday afternoon just gorging on food that they just brought wave after wave and of course Italians they really go overboard with food especially on their Sunday lunch it's overwhelming it's, it is overwhelming food. yeah so you have to just take your time and they started off with smoked ricotta from the farm <laughs> and uh, this thing that they have Sardinia is a really interesting place because over the last several hundred years, or say the last thousand years, that place has been owned by, obviously, Italy, who own it now. But before Italy, it was owned by Spain. And uh, around about that time, it was uh, vying, ping-ponging between Spain and, uh, and, the, you know, and Islamic culture. And more, you know, the Moors at the time, you know, in El Cid time, you know. Uh, and so... You know how people take over a place and then they leave a culinary, culinary legacy. You talk, talked about Vietnam, Chris. One of the things that you would have probably enjoyed there, um, as, uh, and one of the th Vietnamese things that I enjoy the most, is a banh mi. That, banh mi, that, yeah. That, which is from the French legacy. It's a baguette. It's a, it's a Vietnamese baguette that was 
left the, the the knowledge of making a baguette was left by the French, but they make it in a more soft style, so it doesn't take the like all of your gums out yeah. when you eat it it's like a baguette shot. does. Yeah, yeah, and they put delicious Vietnamese ingredients into a baguette. It's mind blowing. And uh, so similarly, Sardinia has got a hundred different types of bread on that island. It's absolutely incredible. And if you judge a place by its bread alone, it's the greatest place in the world. And then, so you have this thing called carta da musica, music parchment. And it's like that, it's like a poppadom that hasn't been fried. I think it's baked. And it is like a poppadom, that thin. Yeah. And you break it up and then you dip it into your smoke ricotta. That's your first thing. And then they'll bring you a cork. There's cork everywhere, cork oaks there. And uh, they'll bring you a, a piece of cork bark with bits of cheese made on the farm, bits of, you know, animal on it, like cured. They, and, of course, they'll have cured it. Or they'll have basically, you know, killed Martha. They'll know the name of that, of that animal and they'll kill it and then they'll, then they'll cure it. And they'll cure make it. sausages out of one part of it and they'll make steaks out of another part of it and they'll make, you know, uh, cured meat salamis and stuff like that, lomos and whatever. And so you'll have four or five different cured meats on this board and it just goes on and on. Then you'd have two pasta courses and then two meat courses and then two pudding courses. And so it was one, two, so it was eight courses, no menu. And it was just the most overwhelming and it felt like we were watching an episode of like a Mario Puzo film, like The Godfather <laughs> or something like that. It felt, there was all these... It, like a, it was like I say, like a lean-to, but we were in their garden. We were sort of on the paved bit of the garden, and then they had like a, a climbing frame and a little seesaw and a, li and a little slide, and there were all these Italian kids bumbling around and running about and going around the roundabout and jumping up around, and, and, the, and their parents are all there, and you can see that there's grandmothers, and there's three or four generations of people all eating together, all enjoying their Sunday together. There's so much love it's overwhelming the amount of love that's there familial love and culinary love and it was just absolutely astonishing it's never such a social uh, it's such a so social activity eating in of Italy course in that. and the fact that like you said familial it really is and it adds to it and we don't I don't know. I don't know who does it as as well as the Italians in that sense of pulling everyone together to be oh, eating and that that's a big that can take hours as well as you said well it's like six seven courses because it's a catch-up as well. Yeah. Did that? Does that add it, add anything to it for you? Well, well, I was just thinking that you know, talking about fam familial. Sorry to not answer your question, but you really That's got okay. me thinking that that um, that actually the the Brits aren't that good at it. But everywhere, there's so many places in the world that are. Mm. You know, go to. I've I've travelled around Thailand a lot, and the Thais are incredibly good at eating together. And I'm sure Vietnamese people are as well. And I know that Middle East in in the Middle East and in Africa, again, it's such a social thing you know you'll get you'll invite your net you know you if you have a little windfall you better go get some food and people from around the village will just all converge on you and and you'll all share you know and you'll you'll, you'll eat and, and people you, you eat with your family every day it's a really important part of daily life it's how you catch up with everybody it feels less closer to processed food as well it seems a lot more that these environments are a lot more organic and yeah you know absolutely i think that's a large part of it yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's so social, and it's so it's so good for the soul. And Definitely. you'll have a, you'll have some food together, and you and it, and, it, and it encourages conversation. And 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 you know, I've got a fifteen year old daughter that, that spends most of her time looking at her phone in her room, and we from day one have said, meal times we sit at a table. That's no a very phones, good rule. Nothing That's a really like that. No good TV. Rule. We chat. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's so important. And 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 I was brought up like that, and I think. It's so easy now with TVs and, and just quick food yep. just to sit on a sofa and scoff it. You know, we, we're guilty of that sometimes. But dinner, we all sit around the table and we chat. That's a like terrific that. rule. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really good rule. Mm. And I, 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 don't do I, don't, I don't do it enough with, uh, with tone, my, my son, uh, my charge. You know, I'm, I'm a, a single dad, as you probably know. And I note to self... Do that more, you know, because he, <laughs> he's, he's being that moody teenager and going up yeah. into his room and yeah. eating in his room a lot more. And I miss him. I miss that. Yeah. I miss that interaction over food. We do quite well. I mean, we yeah. do. We, we do do pretty well. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um so do you want to move on to number four? Number two. Where were oh, sorry, number two. Oh yeah, number yeah. two. Well, we they, they, in no particular order at the moment. So number two. Um well, so this, it all comes with a story. I, I know a lot of chefs. You know, I've, I've been really, as I say, really into my food since, well, since my mum my is an incredible cook. And when food culture just started in this country, it was through MasterChef. It was like Lloyd Grossman, really, in the 80s, helping to, before MasterChef came, became the thing that we know and love now. And I've, I, hand on heart, I've watched every episode of MasterChef that's ever been on television since it started. Mm-hmm. And I get so much inspiration from it. And what will normally happen, there's this thing that happens. And it's happened again and again and again. Where I'll see someone on MasterChef or on Great British Menu. And I'll go, oh my God. I'll go on Twitter and I'll go, this person's amazing. Like, I'll, like, uh, I'll go, this person's amazing. And I'll say something about them. Like... Uh, uh, well, I, I like when, when I saw Michael O'Hare uh, on the Great British Menu. Now, this is a guy who he's a young chef. He had I think purple winkle pickers on, a chainmail um, uh, uh, apron, and three different haircuts on one head. And I just and I went on Twitter and I went, "Oh my God, this guy! He's got Cooper Temple claws hair, and <laughs> he's like he's obviously a music head, and his food just looks." utterly amazing i'm in awe or something like that i would really naturally yeah. enthuse and then and then 48 hours later or 24 hours later i'd get this like and i'd start following him and then i'd start and get this like michael o'hare has followed you and then direct message and then you'll go i can't believe you said that about me uh, it's like i i know who you are i love your show i love what you do and i saw you with the prodigy and blah 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 and then, you know, here's, here's my number. Give me a call. If you ever want to come, like, you know, just come and chat about food or whatever. Like, you, you seem like you know what you're doing and what you're talking about. It, it'd be lovely to talk to you. And then we swap numbers. And then before I know it, we're going to gigs together. And then before I know it, I've got a job with him. And I'm, and I, so now I, and I, one of the things that I do is that I'm, I'm Michael O'Hare's musical director. And Michael O'Hare is the enfant terrible of British food. He's the next Hesper Blumenthal. <laughs> he has a now quite famous restaurant called The Man Behind the Curtain in Leeds, in a department store in Leeds. And he's, he's extending. He now has a, uh, has a, 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 a less she-she, a less swish place in Manchester, still amazing, called Rabbit in the Moon. And when you go to these places to eat, you'll hear some hopefully amazing music, uh, which has been uh, made by either me and Santero, who did the Rabbit in the Moon hip-hop one or me and Dan from the Dan Dada in South London who did this much more kind of psych rock one for the man behind the curtain. So I, I, I basically collaborate with Michael to make a perfect soundtrack to eat in his restaurants. And he's very serious about it. And if you've seen his food, you know, it's, it's really serious. Like it's, uh, it's mind-blowing, like art on a plate. Do you ever watch... Do you ever watch the Great British Menu? Do you know I who I'm talking I about? Here? No, I, I don't, and I haven't watched the Great British Menu for some time. It's like art on a plate. Hmm. So the, he he won in his first year. 
he won the fish course. And who's that guy who's really difficult to please? Marcus Waring was the judge. And Marcus was gobsmacked, absolutely speechless by this dish that came in, that got put up in front of him. It was on a canvas, on a big canvas. And it had all this like, um, not Mark Rothko, sort of you know, like, you know, when you splash stuff on, on things, so it looks really kinetic and looks Pollock really energetic. Yeah, yeah, like Jackson Pollock. So it had dashy. It, so imagine like black ink that had been sprayed out across this big white canvas. And then a, and, and that was dashy stock. Uh, and a really umami, fishy Japanese stock. And then imagine, what's that called? The, the sign of the, the sign of the universal sign of rock. rock. What is that sign called? The devil horns. The devil it? horns, yeah. yeah. The, the goat horns, the devil horns, whatever it is. That. So that made out of black porcelain in the middle of the canvas. And then on that is a piece <laughs> of, marinate, of, of miso marinated cod, which was up until that moment when I tasted that, the best cod that I'd, the best fish dish that I'd ever had was the famous black cod in Nobu which is amazing, absolutely yeah. astonishing. Yeah. So it's that, it's basically it's that. It's miso, sweet miso marinated black cod that was held in this devil's hand with all of that dashy stock. And, and then on top of it was, imagine a matchstick, an old school matchstick that had been split into two and then deep fried. Lot, loads of them, hundreds of them. That's your chips. <laughs> and then over like the top sticks, they're one so, of your favourite yeah, crisps yeah like, there, yeah like really really thin chip yeah, sticks yeah. so you had you, 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 like and then over the top of that it was matte, it was matte black mm. he had uh, squid ink and black squid ink powder and black uh, black vinegar powder so I guess Xinjiang vinegar which is a Chinese ingredient black vinegar powder so then you got this You've you got all of the greatest things about the ch fish and chip shop. It's that smell of the vinegar on the potatoes. Oh. You know, it's the, the delicious, lovely, soft fish that's been poached in the batter within the oil. You know, uh, but then you have the lovely crunch. Or sometimes you get, like in the north, you have bits or whatever they call it. Like you, you get like, um, what do they call it? It's just, I think they just call it bits. They get fish and chips with some bits. Yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, get the bits yeah. of batter. And that's a really nice thing because it's yeah. really, really crunchy and it gives you this incredible crunch to go with your, your you know, your chips should be crunchy too and your, obviously your, your fish in that lovely crunchy batter. So he, he kind of distilled all the greatest things about fish and chips, put it into this incredible dish, which won that year Great British Menu. So I ended up working with him we got on so well that we, we, we collaborate on stuff now. And uh, on my birthday, I was uh, spirited up to Leeds and given a table, not in the restaurant, because obviously he's booked like a six months ahead now. Um, he, he very sweetly made, got me a table in the kitchen. Is it next called a chef's pass. table? Is that what they call so it? So, well, this was, uh, well, maybe, yeah, I guess because like, if all your tables are booked. Mm. There's only one place to go. It's in the kitchen. Yeah. So we were in the kitchen right next to the pass because the pass is in the kitchen at Man Behind the Curtain because it's very theatrical. It's not like a lot of restaurants where you have the pass and you can see the pass and you can see stuff coming across mm -hmm. the pass. The pass is in the kitchen. So everything gets assembled, assembled and then it comes out in a very theatrical way. And it, and it is so theatrical. It's, it is the most mind-blowingly theatrical food you've ever seen. You know, I mean, I, I described that fish and chip dish for you and yep. you can imagine, you know, his, his squid dish that he gave you is just like one little, one little um, finger of squid, of, uh, sorry, of octopus or maybe a squid, a squid thing. And, and then each of those little suckers had a tiny little bead of smoked paprika emulsion in each one. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it's really technical and it's really full of flavor and it's just, it, it's incredible. So I was there uh, with my girlfriend at the time, uh, next to the pass, you've got all the chefs working at the pass and I've got a, a, a workstation to my right where a guy is just frying quail's eggs for one of the dishes. And there's a guy behind me on the, is it a hibachi, the, the, the Japanese barbecue thing so that they could get a char yeah. on certain right. things, on, on, on the octopus that they were serving. So I got to have this incredible dinner at the man behind the curtain and not be served by the front of house waiters, but be served by the chefs who were cooking it and see it actually being constructed and not just constructed, but seeing all the elements being made yeah. and smelling it. And, 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 and tasting it sometimes while it was happening and having it explained by the people who were doing it, it was absolutely mind-blowing. And it's so deeply technical. There are as, me as many staff in that place as there are 
punters in the in the restaurant. It, it, it's it's astonishing. It's really really astonishing. And then for because they only have one sitting per table there. They have this rule at, at, at the man behind the curtain. So they're not turning tables. So, that's no, they're it. not turning <clears throat> tables. They're, 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 you, you go there and you eat, and then when you're gone, that table's free. So when somebody went, uh, and there's so many courses, in, the mid, in somewhere in the middle of, 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 the, of this mind-blowing kind of uh, multi-layered menu, we uh, got sent into the, into the dining room to have a couple of courses in the dining room. And then we got to interact with the sommelier there and to see the incredible art on the walls and to feel this lovely sense of space because it's in a department store. It's in, it's in a whole floor of a department store. And so you've got this beautiful sense of space. You feel like you're in a modern art gallery. That sounds fantastic. And How many tables is there then, Eddie? Uh, maybe 12 or okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 15, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, maybe maybe around twelve or something like that. I might, I might have got that wrong. Give or yeah, take. But give or take. Give or take. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not is, huge. Yeah, it's there's intimate. lots of room between the tables. Yeah. So it's 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 you're not in any. You're it's very relaxed. Yeah. You you can you can really move about and and feel as though you're having a an intimate experience with whoever you're with, and that the people at the next table can't really hear what you're, you're what you're saying because you're, they're kind of far enough away. So yeah, it's it's the opposite of one of those like really hassly restaurants where you're really close to people. And they give you two shoulders. hours or whatnot. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the the that's it's got a Michelin star now, and, and Michelin have have rules. You know, they they only have uh, you can only have two sittings per table when you have a Michelin star. But he, Mike, Michael didn't care. He 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 was on one sitting anyway. You know, because that's just their their yeah. thing. It's just uh, it's 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 a combination of of food, music, art, and theatre. All in one incredible. That's all the good shit, right there, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. And and this and the, and the soundtrack for that for that restaurant is chosen almost entirely by Michael. I just mixed it and edited it with with Dan from the Dan Dada, and uh, and it's it's really different. It's a really different experience. You're going there and you're listening to bands like the drums, but but edited and extended and messed around with and tweaked. Uh, mixed in with like you know just a, a, a lot of that kind of surf rock and psych rock. And, and, and you've got this kind of Jap Japanese slash Spanish slash Pan-Asian food. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And wow. he, he'll really, he'll really mess with you. Like he'll do, like I, I, one of the dishes that I didn't have because it wasn't on the menu at the time, but it blew me away when I saw it, was a brain dish. And it was, it was a little brain. I guess it may, be, it may have been, I don't know, maybe a lamb's brain or something like that. It was a tiny little thing. It was like, you know, the size of a squash ball maybe. And, but he'd, He'd got his presentation of it was a, a head that had had its head chopped off, and then there was just like a sort of spoon there on the chopped off head, so you could put the brain there. So it looked like it really messes with your mind. And then he poured like really, really red, maybe acciotte sauce or something like that, something that's incredibly, incredibly red. Um, and and so it just looked like the end of that the second the, the second is it Silence the Lambs when yeah, yeah. Ray, oh, okay. Ray Liotta has to Ray eat his own brain it sort of reminded me of that you know so he really messed with you I it's, love re it's, it's reminded me of uh, Temple of Dune Indiana Jones when they bring oh, out yes. the chilled monkey beans <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right yes Which, uh, yeah yeah, yeah I need to see that again yeah. I love that I absolutely love that so uh, so yeah, that was it. Was a mind mind blowing experience. I I'll, I'll, um, I mean a couple of the things that I remember from uh, well actually if I could go through the whole thing, but we'd be here for hours. He, he did a play on spaghetti bolognese, and so the bolognese was made out of sardines. So it was a sardine bolognese, and you think about a sardine, it's a really rich, yeah, very meaty yeah. fish, mm -hmm. and it translates incredibly well to a bolognese. And then you think, well, so what's the spaghetti going to be? And much like the vegan restaurant that, um, uh, you know, didn't have pasta as pasta yeah. and didn't have rice as rice, uh, Michael did uh, Asian crispy noodles as the spaghetti. So you've got, like, crispy noodles, mm. and uh, I think there was some sea urchin involved somewhere, and then this <laughs> sardine bolognese to, to go in. And it was served in this incredible black porcelain sea urchin. Uh, you know, everything looks as good as it tastes. And and when when and when you go to the man behind the curtain, is and I'm sure that yeah, this is this is yeah. the the man behind the curtain is in Leeds. The the one in Manchester is Rabbit in the Moon, which is more of a like a Pan Asian kind of tapas place, 
with a very uh, with, with a very hip hoppy soundtrack, but a very but a very kind of me hip hop, yeah. rather than um, so it's very nineties, very DJ Shadow, yeah. Uncle, and stuff oh, like right. that, and, oh, and just little curveballs like Primal Scream remix by Chris Needs, uh, or um, that track, uh, what was it called, um, that took the James James Bond John Barry sample uh, by a Birmingham act. Um, I want to say propeller. Uh, that wasn't propeller. Sneaker was, pimps. Oh, sneaker pimps. Sneaker pimps. Yeah. That lovely, uh, that lovely sneaker pimps track. You know, stuff like that. Like, because it's on a, a sort of hip hop, mm. hip hop groove. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was just astonishing. And and you know, he would do he would go to the nth level. Like, uh, he would make his own. Like one of the dishes that we had was a steak tartare, and he he thought well, what's missing out of steak tartare? And Michael is a northern lad. From the northeast, so he's like, "What's missing? Potato, potato, <laughs> you know." So that's, that's what's missing, and also, it's it's cold, and and there's something slightly unappetizing because you know, cold food it, you have to put more seasoning in it because it doesn't, ta- you know, it's it, you have to it doesn't taste as good as like food that's at sort of room temperature or, or warm. So he 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 just hacked it. He had a, an amazing steak tartare, and then he got Iberico fat, which is incredibly wow. good for you fat of the most noble pig on planet earth and poured it onto the steak tartare so you have this hot fat going on there and then he put leaves of potato starch sticking up so then when the hot fat hit the plate and you get that sort of desert road thing happening where stuff wobbles in the distance you know on a desert on a hot on hot tarmac and that happened and then the potato leaves started going like started um uh, quivering and standing up, and they would just quiver like, I don't know, like what, like like like, and see anemones or something. That's crazy. Just just from the heat coming up off the plate, and because these things are so light, and and they would just be picked up by the convection current of heat coming That's up pure off the plate. Art, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and and you'd think, oh, you know, it's a, it's it's a triumph of it's 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 style over substance, but then you taste it, yeah. and it's it's the best beef, t- it's the best steak tartare that I've ever had in my life, and he and he served that with a sherry that he had infused with those amazing olives that were on that vegan pizza from Foodie right. Ray's that yeah, I told yeah, you about. Yeah. And I think it was blood orange. Because he, he thought beef and olives, it's just such a classic thing. Yeah. So he, he infused the sherry with olive flavour. And it was just mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Wow. Jeez. How do you follow that? I don't know. <laughs> how, 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 how do you? <laughs> have you got a restaurant to contest? Have you ever been to a restaurant... That spectacular. No, no, um, no. I, I'm surprised. You've never done um, sort of a Michelin star dinner for for a birthday or yeah, for, yeah, for an yeah. anniversary or something. Been to a few. I, I I went to Nobu over. In, I went to Nobu in Vegas, and, and both times I wasn't impressed. Um, I really like sushi samba, uh, top of the Heron Tower. I think that's amazing. Uh, I really really like that. Have you been to the place in Houston that does the bush tuck? No, I've heard about that. That's but but my 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 uh, my life hack for around Euston is Drummond Street, where okay. the Gujarati community live. And if you love a curry, one of the best rubies that you can get in London oh, is really? in that street. It's it's amazing. It's it's Gujarati, so it's and it's all vegetarian. And you know that I'm not not a vegetarian, but my favourite Indian food, curry wise, is uh, Gujarat or um, what's that place? Kerala, Kerala food, which which are two. Uh, vegetarian enclaves and, and they make the most amazing amazing uh, vegetarian food and Drummond Street is like curry house sweet centre curry, curry house sweet centre travel agent curry house sweet centre the whole street is just all every other every other place on that street is a is a Gujarati right. restaurant because the, the Indian food that we're used to is Bengali Punjabi that kind of thing so it's nice to get like carrots to get different um, regions in India to get that in you I went to a Michelin star Indian restaurant called, oh, it's big and it's very, very posh in West London, Central London. Oh, I want to say Dishoom, but Dishoom's Ed's place. Isn't yep. it? It's called, oh, God. Oh, I went there for, for, for my birthday a few years ago and it was incredible. Oh, God, why can't I think of I, I think I've read about this place and, and, and they... They kind of Michelinify. They kind of uh, elevate 
curry and Completely. serve it in a in Completely. a in a f- classic French way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's and, incredible. And was it Beautiful, yeah, absolutely cause, beautiful. Because if you think about it, in theory, you've got all you've got all yeah. of the the ing- you've got all the ingredients. You've got the spicing, you know, yeah. Indian spicing. Is some of the best ingredients yeah. in the world, right there, are Indian spices. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it sounds obvious, but like it, it's just flavor right there. Yeah. It, you you could just you can put curry powder on pretty much anything. Yeah. Any German will tell you that. Make, you make a ge- crap German hot dog taste brilliant. <laughs> turn it into a curry worst. <laughs> you know. Or whatever. There's been so many scenarios where where food has been rescued by uh, the addition of curry f- yeah. flavor. It's a it's a fantastic cuisine, and it should be it should be uh, refined more in that way. I think in in, in in this kind of food. So Chris, have you what's your what's your sort of top kind of um, restaurant that you've been to? In, but I'm going to try and find out the name of it. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no problem. I would say um, it's probably biased, but my cus- my cousin uh, started and ran a restaurant in London Bridge called uh, the Magdalene. And it was French. It was French and English cuisine together. And I, I had somewhat a similar experience where I got, you know, I'd go and have a chef's table just in the kitchen, and be surrounded by um, whatever they were p- cooking for the uh, for the rest of the patrons. And um, we got to sample different bits and pieces that were coming out. Um, it, just even his wife, who he ran it with, was a pastry s- chef too. And her even her chocolate tarts to end were just absolutely mind blowing. And um, Huge Devonshire crabs we were we were taking uh, down in there. It, it was just a beautiful place. I don't think it was amazing food, and the presentation was beautiful. But um, the man behind the curtain, as you said, is somewhere that I need to sort of like uh, make a make an expedition. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a birthday destination yeah, right from, there, or an anniversary, or something. You know, it, it is properly properly mind blowing. It would, I, you know, I think the only thing that would come close to that would be the fat duck. Be, you know, actually my cousin that's where he started that's where he cut his teeth was at the Fat oh, wow. Duck Amazing. and then he went on to start the Magdalene yeah, right. which oh, he recently sold and uh, yeah but he, that, he, that took you know 10 years I need to check that out I, think, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it's still there they sold it I'm not too sure if it's still running or whatnot. Eddie. but if it is I will let you know did he get a star? I'm not too sure I do not know the answer to that I'm I'll have to look uh, into that well congrats you know Congrats to him! Just like anyone who runs a restaurant, it's such so hard and so yeah. so it's so all-consuming. They have so so much respect respect from me, chefs. Benares, is Benares. The yes. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have heard that's of that. incredible. Yeah. yeah, I need to check that out. And there's and there's an interesting. I got taken out once by Ministry of Sound to a to a, a, a Chinese place up in kind of Bloomsbury Way, as I recall, and that had done the same thing. You know, and you think about like Chinese ingredients, Chinese spicing, it's amazing. But Chinese food is always very like Chinglish. Chinglish food is like, yeah. you know, it's that Friday night Chinese food thing yeah, that we all know yeah, and yeah. we all love, but it's all the same. Almost yeah. every restaurant is the same. And they have, they've taken the flavors and the textures and notched it up several levels. And it was, uh, it was absolutely incredible. So... I think we, we may well be on number one. Yeah, we're, we're at number one. And I, I think this has to be at number one. Uh, because this is a story that pertains to two of the favourite things in my life. One, my favourite restaurant in London, my favourite restaurant in the UK. I think it's just my favourite restaurant, and it's uh, Trinity in Clapham, uh, right on the edge of uh, this Trinity Church and the Royal Trinity Hospice that I happen to know because my uh, father died there last week, and there's a lot of Trinity. Sorry, could, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that's okay, man. That's it's cool. It, I'm in a really good place with it. This is uh, somebody who I really didn't get on with at all. Uh, I mean, he was a terrible, terrible father to, to, to me, but a great father to, to to my you know brother and and my sisters, and very kind to to lots and lots of people. And and so I, I wouldn't never want to. Uh, uh, talk him down. Um, mm. We just, uh, he just had a massive problem with me. We had a, you know, I was just a, the black sheep or whatever, but we, it all ended very happily. And, you know, he, uh, he, he, he confessed in a very moving way that um, he said that the way that I treated you is my life's biggest regret. He said this only last week and, and just died a few years, a few days ago. And uh, it was very moving. I, I, and I, and I said, I love you. I really miss, I really, you know, it's, why the fuck has it taken all our whole life to, to get together, to, to actually sort of see eye to eye? And he held my hand and he said, don't worry, Edward, we, we got there in the end. 
And it was very, very moving. And then I went to see the streets at Brixton Academy. <laughs> so imagine how many tears came out of my face <laughs> at night. It was absolutely incredible. But, uh, but as I was saying, that um, I was getting sidetracked. So there's lots of really good things called Trinity. There's the, the, there's the Trinity Hospice, who are amazing. They get 20% of their funding comes from National Health. The rest of it is all from charitable donations. And there's Trinity Restaurant just there on the edge of that common in Clapham, Old Town. And the, uh, the head chef there is Adam Byatt. And uh, I know Adam, same, same way that I knew Michael, o, that I got to know Michael O'Hare. I went to Trinity because I heard it was Time Out's best restaurant of the year, year in, year out for years. And I was thinking, how is this? It's never got a Michelin star, but I'd seen pictures of their food. And I was thinking, this is, look, it looks like Michelin star food. And I went there and I found out when I was there that he had turned Michelin down. And I don't know, I'm not sure if anybody's ever done that, <laughs> but they twice had offered him a Michelin star and twice he said no. And he said, no, because they have these rules, you know, you have to have only two sittings. And he was thinking, well, I, I don't, I want my customers to be able to eat whenever they want. Uh, it's a neighborhood restaurant. And, uh, and also, I don't want to have less sittings because then I'll have to charge more. And then again, my customers suffer. So I, you know, I'm all about my, my customers. It was very, very noble. And uh, so I, I went straight on Twitter, went, this guy and it was amazing, the food that I had there. It, he, he does, one of his starters, what is the one of the greatest starters I've ever had. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's pig's trotter, but it's not, a, it's not a pig's trotter. He's basically picked out all of the nice bits out of a pig trotter and they put it into like a rissole and put that on a sauce gribiche, which is a, it's basically gherkins. It's a gherkin, parsley, garlic, that kind of lovely sharpness to cut mm. through the richness of that. Um, the, uh, the pig's trotter that's in gravy in this lovely crispy risol and then uh, a jauntily a piece of uh, uh, like a straw of pork crackling and then some just dots of lovely emulsion around it and, and it's simple and absolutely incredible it was, it was absolutely mind-blowing so I went on Twitter and I went this guy Adam Byer is just incredible he's the Liam Howler of <laughs> gastronomy I said because obviously he put two fingers up to Michelin and said yeah. no to the start and uh, so he's the Liam Howler of cooking and then true to form 48 hours later I get a message Adam Byatt messaged you he goes Eddie I can't believe you said that <laughs> thank you so much for your kind words I, I, I'm a huge prodigy fan I'm a massive music fan I'm so I can't believe you've even like I, that you were in there and you didn't even say hello and I know who you are and blah 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 and you must come back and, and it would be a, such a joy to cook for you, you know, and, and, and it, we became friends, you know, and, and, and I've, I've been there so many times since then and, and uh, always as, as a paying customer and uh, except for the one time I actually got invited to, to, to eat when they had a, a refurb in there and they just invited a few friends to, to come and, and just have dinner on them and, and give them feedback. And as you know, I'm very good at giving feedback to, to kitchens. So my favorite restaurant and my favorite human being, who is my son, Tone. And uh, we touched on him before. I uh, have had this boy since I was, since he was three years old. Um, his mum disappeared. I'm not going to go into the where's and why for us, but uh, I've basically been a single dad since he was about three or four. And uh, just a few months ago, in December, he was 18. And uh, so I just thought, well, okay. Uh, I said to him, you know me, I haven't got much money. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a musician. I'm, you know, I, I, at that time I was doing a couple of shows on Virgin, um, just to keep my head above the water. And uh, I said to him, look, I, I haven't got much money, but it's your 18th and I feel as though I want to mark the occasion. I want to, to push the boat out as much as I can. So I'm going to offer you, I really thought about what to, to offer him and, I, and, I, and you know, there are certain sort of traditions that you, you know, offer somebody on their 18th birthday. And as, as a petrol head, uh, I, I, and, uh, you know, I, I, well, as a petrol head, I just thought, well, one of them's got to be a car. So I basically, I said, here are your four choices. Choice one, a really, really shit secondhand car. <laughs> Choice two, a really, really good secondhand bicycle. Choice three, the cash equivalent of those, so that would be five or six hundred quid or whatever. Or choice four, I take you to my favorite restaurant and we order everything and we get hammered together. <laughs> Legally, 
for the first time. And he thought about it and he went, I'm going to go for option four. And so I took, and he knew that I was going to take him to Trinity because he knew, he knows, he'd, he'd, you know, had so many report backs from always with a girlfriend or with, you know, family member or some, somebody or, you know, a good friend or something. And he'd heard about this place and he's, he's turning into a foodie tone. He's really getting good. He's, he's like, he can cook a mean pasta and he can, he can make quite a few dishes now. And he's, he's, he's pretty self-sufficient. And I've really taught him through love and sharing and cooking for him every day. You know, we hardly ever eat anything from that's, that's not cooked by me. And, uh, and we went there and we had the most incredible dinner uh, together. And my sommelier friend, now, uh, Claire Woodmason, who's the sommelier, that is an incredible sommelier there, just blew our minds, you know, with a different glass of wine with every single thing that we had. And it's six courses or maybe seven with, with, with the charcuterie. They do, they, they cure their own meat there. They make their own Iberico. Oh. They make their own kind of Parma ham and their own uh, salami and stuff there. And... Um, Tone is a massive meat eater. So, yeah, he had, he had absolutely everything. You know, we, we, we really pushed the boat out and we did get absolutely hammered. And we had, you know, what he says was the best dinner he's ever had in his life and maybe the best dinner that he's ever going to have in his life. And we really made some memories. And I, and I had a really lovely, lovely way to sort of bring this story to a close is that I was on the bill with my old pal's pendulum. Uh, just over Christmas, uh, we got a snowboarding gig together. And I told them this story of what just happened. And um, or what was, what, was a, what was about to happen, actually. I told them that, 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 that I'd given Tone, you know, they were, I asked Tone, you know, and I said, oh, he's about to be 18. What are you doing with all this? I've given him these four choices, and he's gone for choice number four. And uh, L Hornet slash Paul, the, the, the DJ in Pendulum, he, and who's very crafty and wily, very good businessman, and he goes... Why did he go for the least monetary value option? <laughs> and I thought, well, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. So when I got home, I said, Tone, Paul from Pendulum wants to know why you went for the least monetary value option. I mean, not by a long way, because it's, you know, it's a Michelin star restaurant now. Oh, incidentally, Adam said yes to the star last year, just last year. So he's got his Michelin star. He should have two, because he turned them down twice, and then he said yes the third time. So it's, it's two Michelin star food, and, I, and I've eaten at several twos and quite a lot of ones and one three. And Adam beats everybody except the three. But then when you've got three chefs per person in the restaurant, sure. you know, you're obviously going to, it's, it's a whole nother level. And if Adam had three, he would, he would you know, I'm sure it'd be the best restaurant in the world. So I said to Tone, why did you go for the least money monetary option? And he said, bless him, because I wanted to do something that I would remember for the rest of my life. And that's it. You know, I, I said, really? What, but you could have had a car. He goes, no, but I'm in a car, schmar, you know, bike, whatever. Like, a bike will get nicked. I'll probably crash the car. But if doing that, I had something that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Oh, I'm you? sure that made you a very happy father. Honestly, it's like my work is done. Yeah. My work is done here. Oh, that's, that's, that's beautiful, mate. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I feel as though I've gone on and on and on. This might be the, one of the longest of your podcasts. No. Oh, God, no. No, no have you not even close. <laughs> not really? Close. I think one of the longest ones was with Tony Rod, who, yeah, who was runner-up on MasterChef a few years ago. Yep. He's the kind of hipster guy with a moustache and a bald head. Oh, yeah, he's, he's amazing, the, yes. Yeah, and he's, he's a good friend. He's, he was a toothbrush barman, and he used to work where we're sitting now, taking photos for me, and... Uh, and this thing went viral, didn't it, about what's, what's the, the god tier and the middle tier and the bottom tier of crisps. And so, and it was all wrong, wasn't it? Yeah, so they like, messed right, it up. Let's sort this out. <laughs> so uh, we said, Tone, can you come round and we're going to work our way through 60 bags of crisps yeah. and, uh, and put them in order. Sure. But he was beautiful and turned up early and made us, and my wife and kids made us all incredible food didn't he made fantastic dinner. yeah and a fantastic uh, meal yeah it was it was spectacular washed down by skips chipsticks scampi <laughs> fries <laughs> monster munch 
Oh dear, Eddie, thank you so much, mate. Like it's been, it's been a delight, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh. I mean, I'm starving. I was starving yeah, at pizza. I am so hungry by, now. By, by, by the time we got to Trinity, I was like, please, please, Eddie. Oh, boys, it's been an absolute oh, pleasure. Lovely yeah. chewing the fat with you, uh, almost literally. Yeah. And and actually, it's really nice talking about food because yeah. I, I spend a whole career talking about music and about yeah. production, about instruments or whatever. And, uh, the passion's there for the food as it is the music, though, oh, isn't it? Mate, really is. It really is. Like I say, if I wasn't so afraid of hard work, I would be a chef. I, you know, and, and I will. I will open a restaurant. It's only a matter of time. I've, I've got. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly who I'm doing it with. It's an ex-chef from the Salt Yard and ex-sous chef at Bibendum, who are two really good friends of mine. And we're going, to, we're going to open a restaurant. We're just waiting for the right place to come up in Nappy Valley, which is Hearn Hill. We're just waiting for the right place. And then uh, we're, going to, we're going to do something special. Fantastic. Mate, we, we hope Fantastic. we get invites. Of course. I'll have an opening <laughs> night where the food will be free and you'll definitely, definitely oh, be there. That splendid, <laughs> mate. Um, where can people follow you and find you and, and stuff like that? Oh, it? that's easy. I'm very visible, very easy to find. So I'm at Eddie TM, E-D-D-Y-T-M on Twitter. And I'm uh, at Eddie Temple Morris, all one word, on Instagram and on Facebook. Fantastic. Uh, I have a, a website, eddytm.com. Uh, I'm on Virgin every day, every weekday from 10 till 1 on Virgin Radio, which is on DAB, uh, or you can download the app. It's a great station. They play loads of 90s music, bit of 80s, bit of noughties, bit of now, and they've got great taste and a really fantastic lineup of presenters who I love to bits. Superb. Absolute pleasure. And hopefully uh, people listening to this tweet in and let's hear what your favourite meals are. Yeah, yeah, we'll tag Eddie in if that's cool with you. Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Get in touch and let me know. Let me know your favourite places because, uh, you know, it's it, like you said, it, it, food really gets people talking yeah, 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 and it yeah. gets people emoting. You know, it's a really, it's a, a very touchy feely thing yeah. and a really wonderful thing. And I'm so happy that food culture in this country has grown the way that it has you know where the French people used to just take the piss out of us for just eating roast beef all the time mm. and now they know yeah. like London is one of the greatest destinations in the world yeah, 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 and not yeah. just London like we've got some of the greatest ingredients in the world here on this on this uh, island and uh, and now we know how to use them yeah so uh, long may that continue absolutely we're gonna go and have a pot noodle now right <laughs> <laughs> on toast thanks Eddie cheers Speak buddy soon. cheers boys there you have it. We told you it was going to be a cracker and we did not lie. Eddie Temple Morris, thank you very much. Queen Hoxton, thank you very much. 76 Producer, thank you very much. Bradley Acton, Camera Gimp, thank you very much. Chris Glasson, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Stuart Whiffin, thank you very much. Good night. And, and thank you very much for listening. Take care, tuck yourselves in. Don't make it sexy. Maybe slip your clothes off. <laughs> Pop your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> now I get why it sounds creepy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.